You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 129 of Girl Speak. This podcast, A Brave New World, COVID-19 and Life Afterwards, is in honour of International Day of the Girl Child. I'm Tia, contributing writer with Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading or streaming with us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. Girl Museum explores the art, history and culture of girls around the world in the past and present. All of our programmes are volunteer run and supported by listeners like you. Visit us on the web at www.girlmuseum.org. I first started writing this podcast at the beginning of June 2020, two and a half months into lockdown in the UK. Even in the midst of the world grinding to a halt, I still had no idea of the continued impact of COVID-19. I certainly did not think by autumn life would still be far from what I would call normal. Now, months later, It is more apparent than ever that the impact of COVID-19 will continue to be felt for years to come and in ways we can't even yet imagine. COVID-19 has undeniably changed the world as we know it. People's lives have been uprooted, lives have been tragically cut short, jobs have been lost, and everything that we thought was normal has changed. But this pandemic has also highlighted the stark inequalities that exist in our everyday lives, both globally and on a micro level. COVID-19 has brought to the forefront issues of class, race and gender in ways we cannot ignore. While COVID-19 has affected people in all walks of life, people of colour, working class people and women have been disproportionately affected by this pandemic. This podcast is going to focus primarily on the impact of COVID-19 on women, as well as some hopes for a brighter, more equal future. This podcast has been released on the International Day of the Girl 2020, the theme of which is My Voice, Our Equal Future, which I feel is particularly relevant to discussions not just of COVID-19, but events worldwide in 2020. Statistically, women are less likely to die from COVID-19 than men. However, they've been affected by this pandemic on a much larger, more long-lasting and global level. The severity and prevalence of the different consequences of COVID-19 on women differ between and within countries, and these issues ought to intersect with age, economic class, culture, race, religion and physical ability. Yet one thing is clear, the negative effects of COVID-19 are disproportionate for women everywhere. Already treated as second-class citizens in many countries, the effects of COVID-19 are far- on women are far-reaching. Sadly, attempts by key decision-makers to curtail the negative impacts of COVID-19 on public health and the economy have often generated a multitude of unintended negative consequences for women and girls, and in most instances have further exacerbated existing gender inequalities. I will now discuss some of the key issues that women and girls have faced and continue to face during this time. 1. Females have shouldered a greater burden of domestic and care work during the pandemic. In many countries, COVID-19 has seen a return to more traditional gender roles, with some estimating that gender equality has been put back decades because of the pandemic. It is primarily women and girls who have shouldered additional domestic and care work, despite the fact that they globally do more than three times more unpaid care work than men. 
In particular, the burden of homeschooling children, as well as caring for elderly relatives, has fallen to women. This additional work has not just affected them mentally and impacted their ability to work, but it's also led them to have greater exposure to the virus, putting their health at risk. While some families have seen fathers and male figures step up to shoulder more domestic work, such as childcare duties, in other families, women have given up jobs to care for children due to earning less or having less senior positions. Two, women have had higher rates of job losses than men during the pandemic. Women started the pandemic globally as more economically vulnerable than men. They were and are more likely to be in lower paid jobs and have less financial security than men. In the UK, 69% of low earners are women, but only one out of 10 low earners have been able to work from home during the pandemic. Many of them have been working in a sector that's closed down since the crisis began, such as retail or hospitality. That means women have suffered higher levels of furlough and job redundancies. In Latin America alone, there are around 19 million domestic workers, 80% without contracts, who have been laid off with very little legal and social protection. While furlough or job retention schemes in some countries have helped ensure women's incomes don't completely collapse, any drop in an already low wage increases financial pressure on low-income families. Self-employed people have been particularly hard hit by the pandemic, and the World Bank has confirmed that more female businesses have closed than male. The impact of the pandemic on women's jobs does not just affect them financially, but can also put their safety at risk as they may put themselves in vulnerable positions to provide for themselves and their families. 3. Women are suffering reduced financial independence and future prospects. With women already suffering from pay gaps and with many having lost jobs or now having insecure jobs, their financial independence and security has been compromised. The longer that women and girls are out of work, the more their future prospects are negatively impacted. Even more importantly, in many less developed countries, women and girls who've raised themselves out of extreme poverty are now at risk of falling back into it. The levels of food poverty have already skyrocketed in many countries, with so many more families needing food banks, and in countries where they have none, suffering from acute malnutrition. Economic stress also increases the risk of child labour, as families will use any means to get food. 4. Reduce access to vital health services. Evidence from past epidemics indicates resources are often diverted from routine health services. This further reduces the already limited access of many girls and women to sexual and reproductive health services, as well as maternal, newborn and child healthcare services. This has been the case during COVID-19. Due to restricted medical care and services, women are more at risk during pregnancy and after birth. Not just physically, but also mentally, mothers-to-be and mothers have not had the support they needed during this turbulent time. Other services, such as sexual and reproductive services, have also been affected or in some cases halted. Marie Stopes International, which provides contraception and safe abortion, has estimated that the pandemic could prevent up to 9.5 million girls and women around the world from accessing their services this year alone. In another example, in Texas, $15 million in funding from health and safety net programs was proposed to be cut including services that offer low-income Texans access to birth control and cervical cancer screenings, all while anti-abortion programs continue to be funded. This results in loss of health, autonomy and life for women. This also leads to an increased risk of pregnancy-related deaths and teen pregnancies. 
In Sierra Leone, there was a 65% increase in teenage pregnancy due to girls being out of school during the Ebola crisis. Five, increased risk as frontline workers. There is an increased risk of catching COVID-19 as frontline workers. In the UK, 89% of nurses and 84% of care workers are women. There are similar stats worldwide. As well as the physical risk, being on the front line comes with a huge mental strain due to worries about transmitting the virus to family or the wider community. Six, spikes in sexual, physical and domestic violence and exploitation. Sadly, there has been a huge increase in sexual, physical and domestic violence during the pandemic as people have been spending a lot more time at home. In China, at the height of their quarantine, there was a threefold increase in calls to women's shelters regarding violence at home. And Refuge UK reported a 700% increase in calls to its helpline in a single day. 7. Loss of education. At the end of March 2020, some 743 million girls were out of school worldwide. As the pandemic dragged on, those affected by a lack of education or minimal education just increased. This has been particularly acute for families with low incomes. There has also been a huge inequality in education, with children who go to private schools or those who have parents who aren't working or have higher educational levels having a lot more teaching and learning in general than other children. In addition, girls are also less likely than boys to return to school after being out of education. Girls also face greater risks and impacts when their education is interrupted, for example, increases in child marriages and exploitation. These are only some of the impacts of COVID-19 that girls are currently facing. No doubt as time passes, even more impacts will become apparent. But what is clear is that the effect of COVID-19 is far reaching into all aspects of girls' lives across the world. The truth is this pandemic will set back girls' rights, endanger their lives and impact on their futures. Governments, charities and communities will need to take this into account and readjust strategies to protect those who are most vulnerable. But with this crisis has also come an opportunity, a chance to rebuild the world to become a better, more equal place. Through the tragic death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter global movement, we have seen that people want and are willing for change. Although it's been difficult, many white people around the world have stepped up to try and educate themselves about systemic racism and to support people of colour and lobby for change. While this might just be a first step, the traction this movement has gained gives me hope that the world is not quite ready to settle back into previous patterns. Likewise with climate change, with people globally being confined to their local communities and banned from travelling, there have been improvements in air quality and a lessening of pollution and carbon emissions. This in turn has led to environmental changes in some areas. There is hope that people will want to continue these changes and pressure is being put on governments to take into account the climate when making new laws and legislation post-COVID-19 as they rebuild their countries. I, for one, do not want the world to go back to normal post-COVID-19. I believe we've been given a chance here, a real chance to change the world for the better. As society is tested and reshaped, it's crucial we build a different kind of world for girls for people of colour and for all those who are marginalised. It is imperative that we build a new world where all people are seen, heard and valued as equals. Here are some of the things I hope we would see in a post-COVID-19 world. 
I hope for a society in which women are represented in key decision-making positions. With many businesses undergoing significant change and many people looking for new jobs and opportunities, now is the perfect time to shift the leadership balance. I hope for more flexible working environments that take into account other parts of people's lives, including things like care work and work-life balance and mental health. I hope that parents and families will reevaluate what is happening in their own homes and adjust their practices to be more gender equal. I hope they'll realise when they are forcing girls into preordained roles and will change this in their own homes. I hope that healthcare for all becomes a more standard view. During the crisis, there was a unified view that free testing was critical for protecting everyone, as the virus doesn't care if you're rich or poor. It is clear that we need a good healthcare system for everyone. I hope we will live in a cleaner world. As travel and industry have ground to a near halt, citizens in some of the world's most polluted cities have been able to breathe easier and glimpse previously hidden sites from the Himalayas to the coast. As countries try to reboot their economies, some governments are actively trying to ensure that actions taken now have a positive legacy, in many cases by building environmental goals into any coronavirus-related bailouts. I hope that there is sustained pressure for people and governments to create greener lives. I hope for improved healthcare worldwide. The global drive towards a coronavirus vaccine has shown that it can be done. This creation and distribution could also massively benefit the battle against other vaccine-preventable childhood diseases, such as polio and diphtheria. I hope that we will have stronger communities who will look after each other and are more tolerant of each other. I also hope for a more equal society, for people of all races, where no one has to fear for their life because of the colour of their skin. These are just some of my hopes for a post-COVID-19 world. What are yours? I hope you've enjoyed my discussion on COVID-19 and the effects on girls, as well as hopes for a more equal future. Be sure to tune in for our next podcast on October 20th as we explore Young Witches, also, please help to support future productions of Girl Speak by visiting us at www.girlmuseum.org and clicking donate. Thank you and have a wonderful day. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.